0: Hey everybody, thank you for tuning in. Um, Today we have three short questions from Lillianne on dowsing, reading for herself, and then pre-spreads. We spent the most time on pre-spreads. By the way, this is the easiest way to learn the tarot ever. I am Dusty White, uh, blah blah blah. Thank you for being here. If you have any questions at the end, please post them or email me me at dustywhite.net. Let's jump right into this. Thanks for being here. Okay, so I've got three questions here and I'm going to kind of take them out of order because I can uh, answer these very quickly. Now, as far as your dowsing, it said something to the effect of I don't understand. If I have to decide beforehand how to do the cards to guide me, do I move in the direction?
1: Yeah, do I decide beforehand?
0: Yeah, Uh... this is a super, super easy answer. Um, In our dowsing Week of the course. Yeah. Uh, I have four hours of video instruction and an hour or two of audio instruction. Um, go back and watch that. It'll explain okay. everything you need about direction and a lot of this. If you ever need to use directions on the cards, I put it in, in the white book, basically astrologically, since. Uh, the elements have been woven into the tarot and the elements come from astrology. That means the tarot is heavily reliant on astrology yeah. Yeah. more than anything else. So I used the astrological uh, directions. So that's a base uh, there. But generally speaking, um, the quick and dirty answer is you'll use standard dowsing techniques, but instead of using a witching stick or dowsing rods or... A pendulum you will be using your cards uh you get more information but there's an art to it and it takes some practice to get used to it um and this super advanced stuff like dowsing and manifestation and distant past or uh, was it a distant location near remote mm-hmm. these are all different disciplines and even though they're all using the tarot cards it just seems that some people gravitate more to some techniques than others so you might find that you're really good at dowsing to the point where you can work with salvage companies that go out and hunt for, like buried treasure and stuff or yeah. or um um there's a couple of people that make a lot of money doing dowsing for oil you know they work with oil wells or um Yes. Water. Yes.
1: Yeah, and I, I saw someone on the internet
0: uh, and, and again, out
1: in England who does who does a lot of that thing. If uh,
0: if they're good, look at it this way: the amount of money that um, an oil company can save by just a- adding the information that Dowser gives to their yeah. engineer's assessment, you know, it's oh, okay, fine, we'll do this as a priority. Well, you know, every time they got a sink of, well, that's, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's crazy yeah. expensive. Yeah, so, I know
1: my, my brother-in-law owns his own company.
0: <laughs> nice, nice. My uh, <laughs> my grandfather was an oil man. So this, is, believe me, I say this is this is runs in the family. And all I'm looking at is think of us as outside consultants. And this is why I keep talking about the election. Tens, of well, no, not tens, hundreds. Holy crap. I mean, Jeb Bush, hundreds of millions of dollars. Or 110 million. I think Bernie's raised over 100. Clinton's over 100. Trump's, I mean, all these people. Each candidate is either at or coming up on tens of millions for the failed candidates, or hundreds of millions. Do you think that these guys would blink an eye at at, um, you know throwing us ten or twenty thousand dollars as extra consultant fee? And all we're doing is we're like the icing on the cake. Um, Now, granted, we want our results to be so much better than what their statisticians will say. But we also have the power of looking at the at the core material and, and reading the trends, and all we're doing is coming in and verifying, this is right, that is right, this is right, that is right. But if we gave any politician, professional gambler, dowser, uh, corporation, if we, corporation, if we gave anybody even a 10% advantage... Know, we, we, basically, we were able to give them results that needed a 10% advantage, not necessarily even 100%. Gives them an edge. Millions of dollars worth of edge. So there's – there's um, I, I, I just I, – I keep going over this because so many people are in a race to the bottom. I want to work on a telephone psychic line or on the Internet reading for – a dollar a minute if, if you can get that out of those places. Or I want to open up a little store and I don't want to really do anything. I just want to read a dollar a minute and, you know, make my $60 an hour and blah, 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 and pay my taxes. But there are ridiculously well-paying clients and not all are corporations, of course, you know, individuals and corporations and governments and whatnot. So all I'm saying is I want people to open their eyes and their their minds and think, how do they want to do it? So with dowsing, That may be your forte or maybe some other area will be your forte. But definitely tell you what, watch those. I know it's like four hours, but uh, watch those four hours of video and, you know, get back to me afterwards. See, Mm -hmm. because that'll clear up so much than any extra questions you can just ask me. Um, But I really think that'll help. Now, point number two, super easy one. Uh, But not necessarily something that's going to be obvious. Uh, Reading for myself. Let me read your question. Tell you my opinion. Okay. You know, like my life opinion. Get back to you about clarifying your question, and then I'll give you the answer. Uh, So... Uh, point number three, which I'm taking second. Uh, reading for myself, I'd like to read for myself and wonder if you have any tips on objectivity when it's about emotionally involved situation. Can we be objective when it comes to our own affairs? Here's Back in my day, here's how I was raised. Half the books said, don't read for yourself. You can't be objective. It is impossible. The other half of the books uh, said, don't use tarot for divination, only fools and witches do that, it's uh, harump harump, it's a tool of of spiritual advancement, you know, like like Buddhism or or any of these philosophies that deal with, you know, alchemy any of these things that, you know, designed to make you a better person, not not just like, you know, bowing and scraping to some cosmic overlord so I and then like so that's 100%. So then there was like an extra 10% of books that were out there since I've now accounted for everything at 100%. And the extra 10% of the books were like, oh, you can read for whatever you want to. Well, I wanted to read for myself. I mean, that, that's what you do is you go, well, you know, my, am I going to get a date? Um, how do I know if I'm okay. doing this properly? Um, Will I get an allowance if I do the chores? I mean, because you know I was 11 when I started. Uh, it probably it took me so long to, to, you know, 15 years of doing it wrong, but I kept reading all these books, and the books contradicted each other. Uh, and, and even to the card meanings. The card means this. No, the card means this. So every author kind of had their own take, or I would find out in hindsight after reading all these books that the authors were just parroting or just copying or plagiarizing what Etea and Waite and Levi said, you know, unquestionably, like, oh, yeah, I'll just reword it slightly and write the same thing they did. And they're, you know, best-selling authors making all kinds of money. And here I am, and I just got so frustrated at how hard it was to learn and, and talk you know and again it really hit me when I got chances uh, to speak to uh, multiple chances to speak to other readers uh, and then, you know when I finally started uh, working professionally got to talk to other readers all the time um, it was always the same complaint uh, you know learn this way learn not every once in a while I'd be like oh I learned from my grandmother well you know there was the outlier so Objective. And the
1: one card, and the one card a day. Read oh. one card a day.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Every, I mean, that's what two months.
0: Yeah, right, right. And it's like, oh Christ. So, um, and then there's a book, uh, these the tarot in two and a half minutes a day. Um, and I remember like one of those books. I'm not going to mention it by name. The tarot in like six, seven, eight, fifteen minutes a day. You pick your, you know, pick it out. I mean, t- take your favorite time period. But I, but I saw it, I was working at the uh, the Cat, the author walked in, I snatched it up, I liked the title, I said, can I have this? And he's like, oh, no, this is for the uh, uh, store owner. I was like, fine, um, can I buy a copy from you? And he's like, no. Uh, but I flipped through it anyway. And later on when the uh, book finally came out, I was like, oh, yay. I read it, it was a piece of crap. There's no 10-minute there's no tarot lesson. You know, because what we're doing is the impossible. What we're doing is predicting the future, finding things we cannot other people not other people cannot find out through other means. Uh, we're verifying stuff out of the past. Even massage school took me like eight months. Um, you know, and, and no offense against massage school, but other than you know basic biology and stuff and learning how to wiggle your fingers. This is this is heavy-duty stuff. This is, um, you know, this is some real power. So, can we read for ourselves objectively? Before I answer that question, did I? Would you like to clarify it at all?
1: Um, well, the thing is, is I find that if I usually, if I want to read into, if I want to make a reading, it's often, it's usually something that I'm that's going on. And I like more, and I want more insight. And the something thing is,
0: you is, have some emotional attachment to.
1: Right, and it, the thing is, is I'm always worried that I'm reading something into it that's not there, or that I'm—it's just confusing.
0: That's that's <laughs> like, a very good concern. That's a that's a healthy concern to have. Um, here is, is my concern, my problem, is that. The whole point of us doing all of these exercises is to uh, train. Well, it's just to sharpen our sharpen our intuition. To uh, train our hand and mind to work together. There's hand-eye coordination. Well, we're doing like hand-mind coordination. Mm-hmm. Um, the short answer is this: exercise two. everything about reading for yourself always comes back to exercise too there are many types of people in this world but I'm going to divide the world into two camps this is just for simplicity Mm -hmm. people who um, have trouble reading for other people and then there's people who have trouble reading for themselves people who have trouble reading for other people do not like to tell people bad news they don't want to be a doom. And they they literally call um, because they think it's cool to do this. They call um, readers doom and gloom readers because they might, you know, possibly say something that's unpleasant. Uh, they they want to um, they want every reading they do to come out positive and happy. Uh, and the problem with reading for other people. Is twofold it's not just being afraid to tell somebody bad news but it's going absolutely apeshit when the lovers card comes up or the three of cups or the nine of cups you know the wish card or the ten of coins if we do not train ourselves to lose our emotional bias We will be influenced by these cards. We're like, oh, my God, look, this great, happy, wonderful thing is going to come. I'm happy when my client has a good outcome, but I want to be happy after the spread. If Mm. I get all giddy in the spread, it's going to cloud my judgment, and I'm going to skew the reading and go, oh, no, no, bad things will happen. But don't worry about that because look at all this good, shiny stuff. Who cares if you get poked in the eye? Look at all these millions of dollars you're gonna get from a settlement. I'll start thinking.
1: <laughs> you're in, blind, but
0: hire me. Funny. You know, it's like no, it's just so exercise two, uh, as basic as it sounds, is something I need all of my students to do on a regular basis. This happens to you. This happens to me. This happens to you. It happens to me. Uh, mm-hmm. You can again, it's a great one. You can do alone, and it's an even more fun when you can do it with a friend because with our friends. Uh, unlike people we might study with that we don't know, you know, kind of tippy-toeing around, we want to be our our best behavior. Exercise two, I like to call it a drinking game, even though it's an exercise, because uh, I want you to get down and dirty and downright asinine with whoever you are playing this with. Uh, I want you to get angry when good things happen to them, and I want you to uh, get a bit of, I'm going to totally mispronounce this, schadenfreuden. Uh, I want you to uh, get get gleeful when you see something uh, like the the Tower or the Ten of Swords. Um, The reason why is I want you to have fun. Always have fun. Have fun desensitizing yourself to any cards, whether they're good or bad and whatnot, because... Reading for ourselves, the first couple of times we do exercise too, if we haven't been properly trained, or worse, if we read a whole bunch of crappy books in the past, uh, the first time we do exercise too, a couple first couple of times, when that death card comes up, this happens to me: death, the tower, the devil, the ten of swords, nine of swords, three of swords. Um, somewhere in our subconscious mind, there's going to be some revulsion. To me. Oh, no, no, it doesn't really happen to me. Or, or I have to find a way to justify that this card happens, but I can somehow spin it in a positive direction. This kind of, of stuff will be going on in our subconscious mind. And we really have to wean ourselves from that. Um, exercise, two is a simple, powerful tool to just uh, rid yourself of Any excess of compassion for other people in a reading, which can be harmful because literally people come to us for the truth. Um, They may think they want to hear something happy and rosy, but if it's bad news, they're better off knowing in advance, especially while we're there and we have the ability to show them how to. Change lemons into lemonade, you know, we have manifestation 103. We have um, ways of of opening up expansion cards saying, okay, well, if this current path sucks, um, let's open it up and see what alternate plans you can have. That's where the three card spread actually comes in handy because you've already got that out there. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, I want to be able to give nothing but good news to my clients, but that's not the way life works. So, in order for me to be effective i i can't make judgments and it's so easy i mean i try to be non-judgmental just generally speaking in life but i even so i still catch myself and that's why i'm making such a big deal out of this is that when i'm in a reading and i have trained myself over decades to be non-judgmental and yet i find myself being judgmental i can imagine that other people are even worse at this um Maybe that's labeling, maybe it's assumptive, but I think it's a fair assessment because we all carry some of that with us. So what I want us all to do, that's why I put it in the book, is to um, just keep hitting this exercise. Now, exercise two is kind of a combination of uh, exercises one, 1A, and two, so you get a kind of benefit out of that. Uh, and we can even do this with uh, three-card spreads. When it gets too easy for, for you to do it with one card, you can do yeah. three-card spreads and whatnot. But the essence is, while you're doing exercise too, you really have to be firmly in the belief that the cards are dictates from God. This card comes out, this is happening to you, and if it's bad, it has to be bloody. It has to be like, oh, you know, Tower, you're getting kicked out, or uh, Devil, you're in an abusive relationship. And you just can't leave. And uh, you know, the thing is that the more brutal you are in practice, the easier it will be when you are reading for yourself. Um, it's it's um, training uh, a natural reflex not to happen. And it'll just make it so much easier for you to be a clear conduit. Because when we get our emotions involved, we tend to color uh, the intuitive message. Uh, oh, great. My cat's climbing up all over me. Uh, <laughs> this needy cat. He's like, oh. He thinks
1: you're talking to him.
0: <laughs> yes, I'm talking to you. Black piece of fluff. Big, it's the big, fattest cat. It's my own damn fault. It's like a you too much. Um, okay, so back to this. Uh, yeah, just a lot of words. I, I think I think I made my point. But does that does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, perfectly. Try try it the easy way. Try just working. Oh, I like your great cat, by the way. I just saw that. Oh, well, thank you. Um,
1: actually, although I, I'm wondering too if uh, reading for myself, if if I shouldn't also just start practicing with things that are completely mundane you know like
0: generally speaking
1: should i have um, a sandwich
0: tonight you know (laughs) No, absolutely i uh i tell all my students in the course um when at all possible do not do you know first off don't jump into readings um put that up as long as possible um you know go for weeks and weeks where you're Practicing and doing the exercise and studying the meaning of the cards, because if, I know the first thing everybody wants to do is they want to pick up a card uh, and their cards and go, oh, I'll just do a reading right now, which which is fun, but you scar yourself. Um, and, and especially when you're first starting out, your accuracy will be down around 0%, not anywhere close to 100%, and that'll make you... Uh, dejected, disappointed. It'll rob you of your confidence, and also at the same time, it'll feed you bad information, which will make you make bad decisions. Um, so, I I always say practice with mundane things. This is why I like picking on celebrities and politicians. These mm-hmm. people, their their ego demands that they are out for everyone to see. Um. So I mean, I can like or dislike celebrities, but but in when it comes down to it I really don't care about them and I mean no offense to them but you can name any celebrity I don't know them I haven't met them they've got hundreds of millions of dollars like woo yay for you a little tension whore so if I'm doing my practice on the latest thing that's going to happen to the Kardashian clan if something good comes up great if something bad comes up great I I I'm I'm emotionally distant so I can read the But the thing is that I'm not just reading something out of pure speculation, like what would happen if something happened with generic client? I I can literally um, pop up the news, you know, I can go on in Google or Yahoo or Reuters or any one of the news sites and, and go, oh, so and so is in the news. And I can take that situation. Matter of fact, I'm going to this right now. Um, because I don't like speaking in generic, so I'm going to go... I just go news.google.com because it's an aggregator. I don't particularly endorse it. Uh, okay, I'll go down to entertainment. Because, uh, you know, that's, that's another thing. Is entertainment generally isn't, like, the, the horrible bloody news. Okay, here we go. Beyonce. Tangling with Beyonce gets you nowhere, so why would he even try at this point? Uh, oh, apparently if you you go up against beyonce you're going to lose because she's pretty and hot and rich and popular i'm just guessing by here okay Mm -hmm. all right so if that's the case um i can objectively read on beyonce and i can throw out yeah you know what i don't like you Beyonce. i'm going to go against you so i can actually preload a scenario since i'm just reading the headline here and saying i will do it and then i can throw a few cards as if i am antagonistic and this happens to me as happens to you um I've got another one, Caitlin and Jenner Kiss. Okay, great. I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but fine. Um, the thing is that I can go through this. If I don't have any ideas, I can use these people as practice. They're real, so it's similar to reading for myself or a client. So it's not like I'm completely making something up. Um You know, Kim Kardashian posted a topless selfie and suddenly the world explodes like, oh, my God. So I could read on that if I wanted to. I mean, mm-hmm. Personally, I don't have any interest in that, but it's sitting right here. I've got to close this because it's distracting me. But that's a cheating way, you know, like ethically cheating way to just find subjects to practice. And then if you want to incorporate yourself into it, you know, so that you can get the benefit Of practicing reading for yourself you can put yourself in a real-life situation that has nothing to do with you so you have the benefit of reading about something that is emotionally and physically distant from you so it won't stick with you like if you if you try practicing by reading for yourself about things that actually matter the answers you get are going to stick with you, even though the whole point of practice is just to practice, not to get actual answers. And it's really tempting for people to cheat uh, when they read the tarot and go, or when they're practicing and go, well, I know I'm just practicing, but I'll just ask for myself. And then a, a devil card comes up or something like, oh, you know, something. Or let's say a really positive card comes up that makes them believe, you know, oh, yeah, it's just as I thought. And this goes right into the subconscious and it starts poisoning their daily life because this card said it was going to happen well that wasn't a real reading this is just practice it's like one card one card one card like right after the other mm-hmm. so this is why i want us to stay away from anything that matters uh and then of course then if you run it give a reading for yourself that's you know it's a different thing but uh during practice and this i'm so glad we brought this up because uh it's something i don't get to talk about much is during practice don't i don't want anybody to ever read for anything that matters to them because it'll it'll just screw with your head does that make sense yeah okay. yep, it does okay so yeah try that exercise too thing now the third point i really want to get to i like your point number two here um Free spreads is what you were talking about. The, the short yep. stealth cards. Okay, so, um, just reading what you wrote, so to, to set the stage, short stealth free card spread you do when clients, uh, don't want to open up their mouths in case they real too much. Or when you feel, uh, and now I'm going, you know, uh, uh one second. Excuse me. Pizza. Or, Uh, See, they don't want to open up because they're skeptics or they think you know everything and they don't want to poison it or they are blah, 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 which I, you know, don't mind. But some people just need to talk and talk and talk like, oh, oh my God, you know, they're all over the place. The thing is that um, or I don't want to put this out there because I don't want people to just assume that I think that clients are lying. But sometimes clients will lie because the fact of the matter is out in the world sometimes people will lie so when people come to a priest or a psychologist or a lawyer or a doctor or a psychic um, we're not always going to get the whole truth nothing but the truth to help you god on the holy bible blah 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 we're going to get people's version of the truth or especially with a with a you know reader um, they're usually going to shape what they say subconsciously based on their opinion of readers. And if they hold us up on a high pedestal, you know, in other words, if they're willing to give us a dollar an hour or more, um, there's a little bit of a embarrassment factor. They may not want to reveal information for any number of reasons. Um, So this is where the pre-spread comes into play. So that's the scenario. Um, Now about the pre-spread, this really comes down to a gut feeling, so I'm going to walk you through a scenario. Um, I got to do it. Client walks in the door. Ding, ding. I miss those little doorbells that they had on doors. I, I think we've only seen six of them in my life or something, but <laughs> but but I, you know, it's something you go. It's so quaint, you always remember it. So the client walks in. Yeah, done that part. Uh, you know, this assumes you have a like a retail establishment, which nobody does. Um, Client walks in to like reading, You're like, okay, fine, sit down. Uh, first thing we do is we treat them as if they are an old friend. We do this because we want them to psychologically and psychically relax. We're not trying to fish answers out of them. We're not playing a con job, but it really helps the process in a legitimate way if we can, um, if we're relaxed and they're relaxed and, um, just, just stress. Uh, stress ruins everything. And the more relaxed they are, you know, within reason, uh, the more truthful they will be with us. If our client is tense, they'll freeze up. They won't know what to ask. They know what they want to know, but they won't know how to phrase it, or they'll, you know, get nervous. So we want them to just feel very comfortable, like they're talking to an old friend and we here. Would you like some coffee? That, that kind of thing. That is essentially that is essential and it's important. It doesn't have to last a long time. That actually works its way through the reading. But that's kind of the, the first thing we want to do is relax them um, as quickly as it is convenient. We want our cards in our hands. Uh, this will vary from reading to reading. But um, uh, it's, I, I call it a nervous habit, you know, something where you're not even thinking about it. You're just sitting there talking, shuffling your cards. You're looking at them. You know, you're not paying attention to your cards. Maybe you're kind of feeling how your cards, you know, like you're splitting attention. So it looks like you're listening and talking to them mm-hmm. somewhere between, let's like, say, 10 and 30% of your uh, attention span. is kind of reaching into the cards, shuffling, feeling. This is how we do the no card uh, spread technique. It's um that's like the basis of it, and you know, we build from there. So, uh, get them to relax. Cards are in our hands. Now we're talking to them. What we don't want is somebody coming in and saying, "Tell me anything." Um, if you want to do that, that's fine. Don't expect to be paid or tipped, um, because tell me anything. Who knows what you're going to come up with? You may come up with interesting tidbits or facts about their life that. N- Nobody else could have guessed. But where's the value in that? If they're just there for entertainment, they're like, oh, wow, that was kind of cool. You might get a tip. But more often than not, the people that will come and pay your rent, or if you're not interested in doing any of that, the ones that will make it worth reading because it's interesting, they come in with a purpose. They want to know X, Y, and Z. Or they'll want to know something that's maybe light and trite. Boy, I rhymed, I wasn't supposed to. Um, but then the moment that they trust you, the moment they see that you're like, and this and this and this, and you're giving like answers that make their eyes get all big. And like, "Wow, How did you know that? All of a sudden, now they've got some real questions. So we always have to be prepared for that. So this whole pre-spread, um, we, we want them relaxed if possible. I mean, it's just a good thing. We're shuffling. And our third thing is we're talking to them. What would you like to know? Oh, I want to know if I'm going to get a job. Okay, I'm, I've, I've got to warm up the cards. You know, uh, in other words, you got to get them in the right order. Uh, what do you mean you want a job? You know, do you have a job now? I I, I You can seed the conversation for the sake of getting them to speak. Uh, mm-hmm. We're not fishing, uh, but nothing's worse than somebody you know it, it's like it's like going to a bar and trying to meet a stranger it's like hi all right you know or pickup lines the reason why we have that is because people don't naturally interact with each other uh, in in stressful locations so on the same thing we don't want this to be a stressful location. Uh, I want to know if I'm gonna get a job oh okay I will just read with it it's like Well, what what, you know, what kind of job do you want to do or or tell me a little bit about this or do you have a job now so Anytime you ask them questions, all we're doing is we're trying to get them to clarify what the hell it is that they want to know so that we can better answer their question. Um, I'm of the firm belief, and it's proven itself over decades of of, uh, practice, is that um, if we don't know what the client wants to ask, and if they don't know what they want to ask, they are going to walk out disappointed because anything we come up with will tend to be more generic it will be on any number of things not specifically what they want to know it's kind of like um you know the whole what's for dinner thing what do you want to have for dinner i don't know well i'll just make this up well i don't like that mm-hmm. yes. you could have told me <laughs> spaghetti chicken tacos burritos i mean i don't you know, i could list a whole bunch of things Give me some idea of what you want so that we can get something in that area. So this is all previous to this pre-spread. But at this time, if your client is suspicious or guarded or in awe, oh, my God, you're a psychic. I I, I hear that I'm not supposed to say anything because I poison your your amazing aura. And you tell me just whatever words come out of your mouth are going to be fantastic. I mean, I hate hate that. Uh, But. For any reason, uh, they are physically uncomfortable, which is making you uncomfortable. Or they don't want to talk. Um, this is, or, or again, being uh, uh, evasive. This is where, let's say for the first couple of minutes, you just get a feeling that there's a wall between you. just nothing going on. This is where pre-spread comes through, and a pre-spread is just like a one, two, or three-card spread. I generally like the idea of a formal three-card spread. It's nice and simple and straightforward that we cast before we do a big Celtic Cross or, or Roundabout or any of the other large spreads. Um, another reason why we might cast this spread is they ask a question, um, but we have doubts about this, you know. Big Tony, the mafia boss, comes in. I'm not saying that Tony would be a mafia boss or anybody. Mm-hmm. It, but it's hypothetically. It's a simple yep. guy, Big Tony, right? So he comes in and he says, hey, I hear you uh, I hear you read cards. Read my cards. Like, oh. <laughs> Holy crap. You know, if, if there's some nefarious, shady activity or anything, you might want to do a spread before you go commit to doing a big spread to see What's going on uh, behind the question? So a pre-spread is just um, essentially a, I'm one, two, three cards. You don't have to, but I'm going to say for simplicity, a three-card spread where you give it the full attention that you would a regular spread. But all you're doing is you're encapsulating this question and everything, the entire reading, comes down to a short little spread, your entire focus. You know, we, we actually forget that we're going to be doing a big spread in a moment. We just focus on our client, uh, every, everything you've learned in class. Uh, we, we shuffle, we wait for the ding, um, we clarify what it is we're going to ask, we shove that energy into the cards, we relax and open up the back of our heads, you know, because it's kind of a metaphor for like where the intuition is coming from, you um, we drain ourselves of preconceived notions and judgment. With all that stuff, we, and yet again, it's all happening at once, so it's not like it takes us five minutes. Um, mm-hmm. So we're doing that, we're shuffling, and we're just really hyper-focused on what the hell is going on with this guy. Um, and, and really, that's a good question. What the hell is going on with this guy? You may choose to phrase it differently. You may shade it towards what's going on with this, what's going on with that. But that's really the essence of a pre-spread is what is going on with X, Y, Z. Um, why won't my boyfriend propose to me? Okay, well and then they're just talking and talking and talking like, oh my God, there's a whole bunch of issues. And you might just go, you know what? Well, let me find out what the core issue is going on in this relationship. Um, and, you know, you just pull three cards. The whole reason why we're doing this pre-spread is before we go into our big monster spread, that's going to spill the beans on everything. And again, I like the big monster spreads because it's like you're the CEO and there's all these different departments that are answering, you know. They're, they're all contributing to the question or contributing to the answer. And then you, as a, as a human being, look at the entirety of it and then you make a judgment based on that. You know, and some cards will be more influential than others. So before we do all that, this is kind of like a little background research. Um, And and the reason why I say that we do this um, under certain circumstances is it isn't really required for everything you do, but it really does help uh, when somebody is evasive or standoffish, there's a wall up or being dishonest, you just feel it. Or there's so much information, you just need to encapsulate it and say, okay, look, I'm just going to ask about this. And that way, when you go into your big reading, you've got that little bit of extra information. And also, if you're doing it properly, that pre-spread, it validates your connection. You've got three three cards right. These three cards made you go, well, I see this, I see this, I see this. Um, it gives you the... It's like if you had to read for someone and you did an amazing job and then you had to go read for them again, you'd feel pretty confident because you knocked one out of the park. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I, I can read for this person. So in a much smaller sense, that's exactly what a pre-spread does. Uh, is it... If you are reading your pre-spread and it's garbage, crap, 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 crappity, crap, crap, garbage, doesn't make sense at all, you are not going to be able to read for that person or there's something seriously wrong with, with what you're doing. Um, it's much better to find that out then, you know, a little two, three-minute thing, then, uh, you know, you're 30 minutes into a big spread and the client's like, yeah, no, this has got anything to do with me. What the hell are you talking about? I'm just sitting here yeah. because – so. so Pre-spreads, easier to do than they are to explain with all the minute details that I like going into. Mm-hmm. Um, what what part didn't I answer?
1: No, I think you pretty much covered it.
0: Okay, good. So let me see if I can sum up. For your pre-spread, um, use it whenever you want to. I mean, you could use it for every reading if you want. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely you can use it in practice. Um but when you're using it through all of your attention, focus, uh, expertise, professionalism, you know, tr- even though it's just a little mini spread, treat it like it's the only one you're going to read. Um, don't don't try to milk it for like, you know, a whole bunch of information. But but, you know, up until the cards are out, do everything you can. when the cards come out, um, all those cards do is answer the question that you ask. They won't go beyond that. Um the beautiful and then of course you carry that information over now that you've done your pre-spread and you're like oh okay and you really feel in it you shuffle that extra information into the cards as well as the question you know that you're formulating yeah. you're going to ask um, but you will know that you've done a good pre-spread if the the big spread that you cast the moment the cards are all out on the table you should see the same themes the same you should see You should see an overlap of information. You know, statistically, it should not make sense. Statistically, three random cards and then, let's say, ten random cards should not point to the same thing without a bunch of psychological twisting. Um, Well, we don't deal with that. We deal with, you know, uh, screwing statistics by harnessing the power of the divine, going, oh, we're going to do this, you know, hence through the training and whatnot and skill development. So you'll know that you've done a good pre-spread because the next spread you do, the big one, will have shades of that three spread. It'll verify. Now, what you can do, what I should throw out there is, you can do one or two things with your pre-spread. Either one is okay. It really is a personal thing, and and it changes from reading to reading. So you don't necessarily have to always do it one or another. What to do with those damn three cards? Um... You can shuffle them back into the deck, shuffle the whole thing, shuffle in and start from scratch with your big spread. Or you can leave those cards you can know, kind of shove them off to the side, just put your hand on them, slide them off to, let's say, I don't know, left or right. Mm-hmm. And then they're kind of like a quasi-significator. I mean, they're there, they're they're in your mind, you can kind of glance at them and focus them. Uh, but they're like, like literally... They're literally off to the side. They're there, but they're not um, front and center. Therefore, uh, they're ancillary, but they add to your the power and the focus of your question. So whether you keep three cards or slide them off and keep them out, because you still have, what, uh, 75 cards left in your deck, that's a personal choice. Either one is okay, but um, there's no hard, fast rules about that.
1: Okay. And I just have a question: With those Please. three cards, would you um, would you discuss them with the the client?
0: Oh, absolutely! I totally blew this. I forgot. And and again, somewhere in our course, we did cover pre-spreads, uh, so there'll be more information there. But and I remember this now because uh, I remember in that course I uh, uh, I did mention that. Um, here's here's how you do it with with a uh, uh, pre-spread treat it as if it's the only spread you have and but but internally what you're doing is you're you're going balls out you're going with complete confidence going here's what the cards say one two three and here's what i'm seeing and again you don't try to strip mine them for information but you take what's obvious tell it to the clients client with conviction with purpose with confidence watch their reaction don't tailor what you're going to say to whether they're going to like it or approve. Say it as if it is words on high from God, because you want them to say, "Yes, this is amazing. How did you do this? I want more information." But or or right, tell me something I don't already know, which is you know generally which tells pre- you something as well. <laughs> yes, right. Ideally, a pre-spread really should tell you something that they already know. It shouldn't answer their question for you. However, sometimes a pre-spread will answer the question. You're like, well, wait, I I didn't even do the spread yet. They're like, well, you already told me stuff. And in that case, you just got to throw up your hands and go, okay, fifty bucks. Um (laughs) or or whatever. But but no, that's a very good point is you want to discuss this with your client. What I want you to do is avoid leading the witness by going, Is this right? I, I mean I do like to ask people, I like to say, look, you know, tell me what I'm wrong you know, or, or um, I'll, I'll say a few things and say, does this make any sense? Um, so I, I don't mind you doing that, but I'd rather you speak with conviction at the risk of them telling that you suck versus going in their mealy mouth. Because if we go in there with lack of conviction, they'll start telling us things and then subconsciously we'll start sh- shaping that spread to match what they're saying and that's a cardinal sin um so yes you definitely say and and here's a great way to do it so that you you know spare your own ego this is what i'm seeing in the cards or you know i'm sorry i should said here's some phrasing that you can use this is what i'm seeing in the cards or it looks like or the cards are telling me by phrasing it that way you can go in and and you know, be very dictatorial. This is happening. This is happening. This is happening, but you're cushioning it a bit by blaming the cards. And again, this isn't a trick. It's just a way to give yourself a little bit of that extra confidence so that if they say, well, I don't see that. Yeah. You know what? It's quite possible. It's not impossible at all that uh, we might deal a spread and that spread is wrong. Um, it's easier psychologically for us to go, well, well, I kind of screwed that up. Let me see what I did wrong rather than coming from the approach that the words coming out of your mouth are coming from your soul. And therefore, if they're not correct, that there's something inherently wrong with you. And this is this is a tough thing to do with reading at the beginning because. it We really want to believe that these words coming out of our mouth are our are you know direct from from the gods and that uh, everything we say is fantastic and so the moment somebody disagrees with us it's almost like they're attacking us um this is why a lot of readers are, are very formulaic and they just like shut up i'm just going to do this here and and uh, you know this is happening this is happening this is happening and they don't really let their clients interact much and they bowl over their clients i don't i don't like that i prefer the interactive stuff because Mm -hmm. our job is to when they walk out uh you mentioned i'm not really going to cover this but you mentioned something about reading for a friend yeah if your reading includes stuff you know about your friend and uh information from the cards i know it's tempting to go well how much was this how much was that but i'd like you to think about it this way in the end your knowledge about your friend helped you personalize and give them much more exact information rather than like i see someone coming in your life um it looks like a big change is coming it doesn't do any good to anybody so um reading for your friends is great as well because once you get enough practice reading for your friends is great because there's a whole you know this happens to you this happens to me things Uh, if you see good news great if you see bad news well you're gonna have to tell your friend bad news Um, also uh, you're going to have to watch that you don't shade the information based on what you know about your friend uh, and you know say things that they want to hear now this is not hard this is like you'll catch yourself doing that the, you know, anybody who's self-aware will catch themselves doing that so that's why reading for friends has its own unique benefit that we don't yeah. get from strangers is we can catch ourselves if we're not being like moral honest ethical in in the highest sense or well
1: based basically too is in in that particular case it was really someone responding to what society expects oh yeah but hers but you know like her heart's not in it so you know at the end of the day it's like well why do you even bother asking the questions it's not you're not even interested
0: yeah that, and that's it's you know? funny because so, a lot of times people will come to us for validation i'm right tell me i'm right and hopefully they're right because sometimes we'll look at the cards and go no, you're wrong. Um, but but in your sense with your uh, with your friend, if I've got this right, she came to you already opinionated. She she kind of knew where she stood on something, but you were her validation or sounding board or editor to make sure that you know she was doing the right thing. So it, it was that you performed a valuable service, but it's not like she didn't come in preloaded with um, an opinion of what she was going to do no matter what. Right. Right. All right, I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you very much okay. for being here. Uh, and okay. I really appreciate these questions. They were great. Uh, I hope they help. Get back with me in a couple of weeks. Let me know. Um, let me know how this is working out.
1: I'm sorry, get back, I'm sorry. You got you just just soon.
0: just text me on Skype or email me. Let me know if if this is helping out or if you need, um, you know, if it's not working out for you, the advice that I gave, we'll try something else. But I yeah. just want just to check in with you. Okay. Thanks, Lillian.
1: Well, thanks a lot. Have a great and day. We'll see you on Saturday.
0: See you on Saturday. Thanks, bye. Bye.